Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hi, everyone. My name is Katherine Potter, and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. For those of you who are new to to the show, each week we explore topics that support the idea that everything is interconnected and in relationship. This week, we're going to look at the fascinating field of astrology, one of the most popular and yet hotly debated fields of study. Some would call it a science, some would call it a mystical art, and some would call it a scam. And yet for thousands of years, the study and practice of astrology has endured. So let's begin with the different reasons why an astronomer and an astrologer would both be looking at the sky. Astronomy, as most of you know, is the branch of science which deals with celestial objects, space, and the physical universe as a whole. Astrology looks at the relationship between those celestial objects and their cycles in order to determine whether they have an effect on all forms of life here on Earth, and in particular on humans. So the common point for both an astrologer and an astronomer is they are both looking at celestial objects and they're trying to understand relationship and interconnection in order to gain a holistic perspective. We know that everything in our universe is wired in and in some type of relationship and that there is both order and chaos in our universe. We know there are visible celestial bodies and then the unseen types of forces and energy that comprise the actions, some of which we may never be able to answer. So let's go back to the astronomer and the astrologer who, for example, are both observing the cycle of the moon, which is about 29 days. It's the same celestial occurrence, but their mind attention is looking outward at the relationship between the sun, moon, and earth. And the astrologer's attention is looking at the ripple effect that that lunar cycle has on life on earth. So we know that all life on earth, be it animals, plant life, sea life, instinctively respond to the changing celestial cycles. They respond to the pull of gravity, the daily, monthly, and yearly levels of light. So if all life on earth is responding to levels of light and magnetic pulls, are humans not also affected? So that is one of the questions that often comes up for debate. So we have to ask ourselves if our nervous system, if our nervous system is wired in to the interwoven celestial nervous system, are our bodies the daily, monthly, and seasonal 
yearly changes of light and dark, celestial movements, our emotions and our body. In other words, we have to disconnect and not pay attention to our physical, mental and emotional responses and our experience of celestial cycles. So the bottom line for me um, comes down to different types of intelligence and ways of seeing the world. When we stop fighting about which way of perceiving the world is the right way, and we move on to putting our pieces together, I think we will eventually see the world in a more holistic way and make better progress. Personally, I tend to stay out of the debates regarding science versus metaphysics or the mystical arts as I have been too busy having astrology prove itself through the thousands of people I have worked with over the past 33 years. So that's why today I am your featured guest and we're going to talk about and look at and I'm going to give you an overview for astrology and we'll Talk about how, for example, Western astrology differs from um, Indian astrology, which includes Vedic studies. So let me first start, though, by sharing a brief story about what first caught my attention um, regarding astrology. So it was in the early 80s, and on a whim, I decided to attend an evening lecture. There was a a woman who was a professional astrologer, and she was giving an overview of astrology, pretty typical for what most people spoke about. And she was talking about the signs, and most of us know about the signs and think about them in a um, sun sign way. And so what I'm talking about is, you know, we've all heard of the signs, even whether we believe or don't believe in astrology, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, so on and so forth. But often when we're talking about those signs, we're talking about them only in connection to sun signs. And for those of you who are very new to astrology, that means the sun was in a certain position for approximately a month and you were born during that month. And so although sun sign is a significant piece of astrology, it is not the most or the only significant piece of astrology. What is also really important is our lunar, our moon sign, as well as some other things, which I won't get into. Anyway, but that evening, this woman happened to mention about moon signs. And in astrology, we, t- we will first notice a person's sun sign before we'll notice their moon sign, because the moon sign is typically more hidden and, and related to our emotional and memory, and um, various other things. So she asked if anybody in the audience was interested in finding out where their moon sign was. And so innocently, and I say innocently, because I did not realize that me waving my hand would have a impact for the rest of my life. I waved my hand because I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm curious. And she took out a book, which is called An Ephemeris, um, and which just charts where all the planets are for this was this was an ephemeris from the year 1900 to 2000, where all the planets were including the moon. 
And she mentioned, she said to me, um, oh, your moon is in this sign. Now, without us even understanding it, we often have met people who have a sun sign uh, and have certain biases. And so when she mentioned my moon sign, my first reaction was, oh, that must be wrong. Because here I am, I'm just this sweet, kind nice person and she just told me that I have a moon in what I consider to be a more assertive and selfish sign and so I looked at her very politely and said to her oh are you sure is that is it possible that that could be wrong and she what I considered abruptly but she was just being blunt she bluntly said, okay, so you don't think what you just said is not quite assertive and fits into some of the characteristics of the sign we spoke about. So it gave me pause. I had to think about this. I, and in my mind, there was all types of things reorienting because what I realized many years later is that this woman named a shadow part of myself the part of me that I had rejected and that was more hidden to me because it didn't fit in with the nice, kind, sweet person. But it was intriguing enough that I ended up signing for her first eight weeks of class and it began a study that no matter how many times I tried to break astrology and make it not work, that I ended up studying it for about almost three years before I started working with um, clients, and it just kept working. And so first I tested it on me and kept phoning my family about, oh, did this happen when? Did this happen then? Did this happen there? And then I tested it on family. But the bigger test for me came actually when I actually started to work as an astrologer. And year after year, the feedback I would get from people would be, well, how do you know this? And they would want to look at me as though I had some people say, oh, you must be psychic. And I'd say, no, it's astrology. And it was easier for them to accept the idea that I could possibly be psychic than that there is this brilliance to the whole study of astrology. So probably after about five years of working with people, I then finally began to think, okay, you know, now I had already worked with a few thousand people, um, this works. And so astrology began to prove itself. And the feedback I constantly got um, was very positive about astrology. So we're going to head to break. And when we come back, I am going to hopefully give you some intriguing information that will get you at least to consider or reinforce your understanding of astrology and um, learn a little bit more about the signs and far more than just sun signs. So stay tuned and when we come back, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the different types of astrology. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? 
Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Katherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to katherinepotter.ca. That's katherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit katherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit katherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everyone. We're back and I am talking about astrology today. It's Katherine Potter. I am your host and... I am the person who's giving you the information about astrology. And so the first thing that I want to make clear is, first off, I'm a Western astrologer, astrologer, which is different um, than Vedic astrology and Indian astrology. And we work with two different systems. So Western astrologers are tropical-based, which means they're seasonal-based, as opposed to uh, Indian astrology, Vedic astrology, which is part of the Vedic studies and is using the sidereal zodiac. So I'm just going to focus on Western astrology. So being seasonal-based means that um, Western astrology has accounted for the shift in the equinoxes. And in this system, the sky is divided into 12 30-degree zones, which are marked by the astrological signs. And we know that as the zodiac belt. And those are the signs that you're familiar with. So the next time you see um, in social media about, oh, there's this, there's that, often there's two different systems that people are talking about. So, together, the 12 astrological signs represent a complete cycle of human existence. And each sign represents a particular particular archetypal energy, which expresses both gifts and shadows. So, the interesting thing about the signs, so often we hear about characteristics associated with a sign, you know, like Aries can be assertive and sometimes impatient or Libra, you know, can be more other oriented, but we don't understand where those characteristics come from. And they actually come from something called modes and elements and polarity. And the modes and the elements and the polarity are what give the signs their qualities. They give, they indicate a type of rhythm and pace and motivation and behavior. 
And so very quickly, as most people know, the signs fall into either masculine, which is the active outgoing principle, and or um, feminine signs, which is the more inward and receptive principle. And so you often hear about that as masculine and feminine. And then the next thing that gives the the signs the quality is that they are associated with um, different places in nature. And so the three modes, which are known as cardinal, fixed, immutable, correlate to the three forces in nature and the seasons. So the three forces in nature are creation and preservation and destruction, which really means energy changing. And we see these three forces in action during the seasons. So each season has three months and each one of the three months has a certain quality to it. And so sometimes we will hear conversations without understanding why somebody's saying, oh, you know, Taurus is a fixed sign. And so People will say they're stubborn or they're tenacious. And really what we're talking about is those modes and how each particular mode has a job to do, so to speak. So the first month that begins each season correlates to the creation, the creative force in nature. And it's got more of an action. I'm starting something. It's a new phase. And the second month of each season has a more concentrated energy. And that's when the season is holding steady. And it correlates to the preservation force and the fixed signs. So the energy becomes more concentrated and holds steady. And the third month of each season is when the season begins to change and there is a transition from one season to the next. And it correlates to the changing, the destructing, the destructive force in nature and the mutable signs. And so... When we're talking about that now, we're looking at the signs and saying, well, they're either falling into, I'm the initiating, I'm needing to push out and start something, or my job is to hold something steady and concentrated, or, you know, I'm adaptable, I'm flexible because I can feel the change happening from one season to the next. And so that's really important in understanding what motivates certain types of behavior. And the next thing that gives characteristics to the signs are the elements. And what's really important with the elements is the elements move at different rates. And by paying attention to how predominant a particular element is in a person's natal blueprint, it can give us really valuable clues to the rhythm and pace. So, for example, the earth element and the earth signs move slower. And so slower doesn't mean, and they're considered denser, it doesn't mean they're less intelligent or that they're not productive, but the earth signs have a need to bring something into physical manifestation. So something becomes real for them when they can touch it or taste it, right? Or they can see it or they can hold it. And so it takes much more time for us to have an idea or sorry, it takes much more time. We have an idea, but then to manifest it takes way more time. So the earth signs are the producers in that way. And then the next element that moves a little bit quicker than earth is water. And water connects to the emotions. And so again, it's it's a 
slower movement because if you think about it, we can hear an idea, but it takes a little bit more time to drop in and notice how we feel about it or emotionally how we're responding to it. And so water signs, their gift, of course, is to be able to work with the emotional nature. And then fire, fire moves quicker than water, and the fire signs are connected to transformation, and they're connected to inspiring and lighting things up. And so their nature is one to take ideas and, you know, maybe transform them or inspire people with them, become enthusiastic. And it also, fire also relates to the fire in, in our body, which is transforming our energy, uh, the food that we take in to good good energy for our body or poor energy for our body. And then the air element moves the quickest. And these are the people who are very busy with ideas. And so for them, they're going to get excited about spreading ideas, sharing ideas, thinking, concepts, abstract things. And so when we're breaking these signs down, you know, basically we're talking about that you might get three fire signs, but one could be, so for example, Aries and Leo and Sagittarius are all fire signs, but one is a cardinal fire, and so it's initiating. I always think about it like the fire starter, and the other one is a more contained type of fire, and it's holding that fire steady, and then Sagittarius is the fire spreader, so it's going out in whatever way and spreading the energy, you know, in in a, in a bigger way. And so, again, we're going to have the gifts and the challenges that come with this. So, for example, if someone is a fire starter, then what they need to be careful about is that there's a mindfulness to it and they're not starting a fire just for the sake of getting it going, right? And so that helps a person understand the qualities associated with Aries. You know, their drive is to start something sparky and get the energy moving. But in the hands of somebody who's not as well developed, it can just be I'm arguing for the sake of arguing, or it can be I'm coming up with new ideas, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm going out into the world, I'm pioneering. And that's the other thing. With astrology, uh, one of my very first teachers encouraged me to study esoteric astrology. And it was the very first time I became exposed to the idea of different states of consciousness and how different states of consciousness affect how we interpret our chart and how we handle the cycles that come up for us throughout our lifetime. And so... As we begin to think about the signs in that way, and that there is a motivation and a direction and there's a pace and a rhythm behind them, we begin to understand, you know, why, why another person is behaving in a way that's not like us. And that's one of the most important things for astrology. One of the most important things that it taught me was, you know, we all think our perception of the world is the right one. But astrology really taught me to stand back and look that other people's perspective is different from mine. And I don't have to like it or agree with it, but it is different. And in order to understand them and communicate with them, I better understand where they're coming from. So more on the wonderful um, information about 
the elements and the modes when we come back from break. So we're going to start and uh, we're going to stop for break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the signs. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everyone. It's Katherine Potter. We're talking about astrology today. And we were discussing before break... Um, we were talking about, or I was talking about rather, uh, the elements and the modes and, and whether um, somebody is, an, you know, trying to fire us up or whether somebody's trying to take us into the emotional realm or if somebody is stirring up our ideas, right? Or if somebody is a producer and for them it's really important to um, have a, a more tangible experience of something. So why this becomes important in understanding people is when we don't pay attention to pacing ourselves in a way that is right for us, we become out of sync with our internal rhythms and over time we weaken. And, you know, we live, as everybody knows, in a pretty fast-paced way and Often we think that, yes, we're managing this well. But again, if you're not paying attention to that, maybe you're the sort of person who needs to do, do things in a slower way. And so that means you come into a new situation. You need a little bit more time to notice how it physically feels for you. So you're going to maybe come across a little bit more cautious with it, right? Or or if you're somebody who naturally is, you know, your mind is going and you love bringing in more information. So in some ways, you would think, oh, I'm great with all the information coming in. And so, you know, I'm talking about air again. 
Uh, but what happens over time is there is, is, is air can become deranged and all of a sudden we're not clear air. Instead of being clear, calm thinkers, we become this convoluted or overwhelmed thinker. And often that type of energy can end up going to worry and anxiety because their mind is always someplace else other than where they are. So their mind constantly is going into the future, wondering about things, going into the past, wondering about things, going, you know, um, connecting with everybody, but not connecting with their body and taking that breath that'll calm them. And so, you know, whether we're as parents or partners or teachers or counselors, just coming to understand some basic things about astrology opens up the door to our own health and opens up the door to appreciating um, another person's perspective. So it's really important. So there, there we can learn just a lot about pace and rhythm and paying attention to ours and respecting another's pace and rhythm, which might be different. So the next thing that I want to talk to you about uh, with astrology is the natal chart. And really what we're, so a birth chart, you may notice a birth chart. What we're looking at with a birth chart is where all the planets were. And so what I'm really saying is what sign they were in uh, when we were born. And so if you think about it, the outer planets move slower. And so they're going to stay in a particular sign for a much longer period of time. And so Neptune, Uranus, or, or sorry, Uranus, Neptune, and, you know, there's always the debate about Pluto, but I'm going to add Pluto there, are typically called generational planets. And so because their position is slower, they refer to generations of people. And that is kind of like a group energy that's been a group or global energy that's been going on for a while, a movement, a type of movement that's been moving, you know, in our community, in our city, you know, throughout the world, a change occurring. And then, and so there in our natal in our nail chart and we look at that uh, the information in that way and how much we're linked in to a bigger picture and then we look at the um, cycles that again Jupiter and Saturn which the planets they don't move as slow as the outer planets but they move much slower than what's considered the personal planets and they are talking to us again about what changes that are taking place rather than over seven years but what types of changes are taking place within a year what types of planet uh, changes are taking place within a couple of years excuse me so they have a lot to um, they talk a lot about the things going on in in our society and then there's the personal planets and each one of the planets in the natal chart represent a part of the mind and so for example the sun and again, that is the sign that we typically all know that our sun sign is Gemini or Cancer or Leo or Virgo. That represents the part of the mind that relates to the ego and and our conscious awareness. So 
if we were to think about it from the time we were born, we separate it from the womb. And who are we and how are we going to grow from the time we come out of the womb till the time we die? And so it's very much connected to this particular lifetime and and our conscious mind. The moon represents the part of the mind that connects to our emotions and memory that sits beneath the surface and collective memory in the way of when we're talking about the moon, we're also talking about womb experiences. We're talking about what we've inherited, the patterns through our ancestors and if people are inclined towards you know believing in past lives we're also talking about the type of information that relates to um, our collective past and so it's our unconscious mind you know it's what gets stored in our emotions and our memory what is you know sense and so it doesn't make always logical sense our our moon sign it's not making logical sense because it's not information that just connects to from the time we were born and it's also the type of information and the type of experiences that we have day to day you know think about those habitual things that we don't even think about we're just actions day to day day to day day to day that's storing up information so it connects to what sits a little bit beneath the surface that we're not always aware of and also to the patterns that we instinctively respond to. And so obviously what we want to be able to do with our moon uh, is to be able to grow, to be able to grow in our response as opposed to being reactive or instinctive in something to become a little bit more conscious to it. And Mercury relates to the part of the mind that has to do with communication. So whether it be the communication between the the brain uh, sending out messages to different parts of the body and, you know, that goes through the nervous system or the information from different parts of the body back to the brain. So in our body, it relates to that. And then in how we receive information and how we put out information. So one of the things that I often have thought about is, you know, if I could teach teachers who work with young children one thing, I would want to show them how these children communicate and think in different ways. And because we don't always understand that, although education is certainly more open now to different styles of learning, but because we don't always understand that, we can get some burnt-out teachers and we can get some children that perceive themselves as being not as intelligent as, because maybe they're more the tangible thinkers who, who, you know, need to have, you know, a, a, a more concrete example for something, or maybe they are the the more emotional thinkers who need to relate it in some way to something. Or, you know, maybe, you know, the one the thinkers that find it easier in our system are the abstract or the ones who are more um, fiery in their thinking. And if somebody is a creative teacher, they'll catch their attention. So anyway, so Mercury relates in our natal chart to the part of our the part of brain that is our part of our mind rather that connects to communication and then venus is very much about relationship and our values and the things we attract to us and how we go out into the world and 
the types of people we are attracted to being in relationship with, as well as uh, our relationship to self. And so that's where we really learn a lot about, oh, why do I attract this certain type of person to me, right? How does this just keep happening? And the more we explore that part of our chart, we'll understand that we've got values and self-values and inherited values that keep attracting in certain types of experiences and people. And so Mars in the chart, Mars relates to the part of our mind that is the assertive, I'm going out to get what I want. Um, I'm going out to get what I want. I'm going out into the world. And we all have different ways of doing that, right? And so it's really fascinating looking at a chart because often we'll say to someone, well, just, you know, go and get that. But when we're looking at how their particular chart is set up, how their Mars is set up, we realize that it's complicated. It's not easy for everybody to go out and get something in the exact same way. So some people it's very easy to initiate and other people it's not. And so those are the personal planets that really make up a person's psyche and, um, you know, talk about the personality. And then, as I said, there are the other planets that talk about, you know, how, how we interact with our community and and how significant and important those generational themes are to us as individuals because some people are more tied into them and some people are not as tied into them. And so one of the things that um, it's important to pay attention to, so that natal chart ends up being our wiring. It's like a snapshot of what was taking place, what was going on in the world when we were coming into the world, what was going on in our community when we were coming into the world, what was going on in our family when we were coming into the world. For example, our mother and our father, you know, were in a different place. If you have siblings, they were in a different, maybe physical emotional, psychological state when they had you than possibly a sibling. And so your blueprint will show, you know, really what was going on and why this moment, why this month, why this week, why this year, why are you born into, um, why are you born at that time into this family, into this community, into the world? And, you know, it's very fascinating because what begins to happen as you unpack a natal chart is that you begin to see the themes of the family and you'll begin to see the themes of the community and you'll begin to see those generational themes that that person is wired into. So the natal chart creates a sensitive place which later gets triggered by something called transits, which we'll talk very briefly about when we come back from commercial break. And so stay tuned. We're going to come back and talk about why at certain points in your life, certain things unfold. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. 
you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit katherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit katherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We're talking about astrology today, and I have been giving you a very fast overview of a really, really, really big topic. And so just little tidbits um, to help you understand a little bit more about how a natal chart is erected. And so so basically, it's by combining the sign of the zodiac with where the planet was at the time of birth, as well as the aspects it's making. And so in your chart, the planets were in a certain position to each other, and so they created a certain relationship. Somebody else's chart it will have been different unless they were born at the exact same time, the exact same location, the exact same second. And that does sometimes occur. But for most part, um, they're, they, they're, we're, the planets are in a different relationship in our chart than they are to someone else's. So you can have a sun sign in common or a moon sign in common or certain things in common, but also played out quite differently because of the relationships the planets form to each other in your natal chart. And so if you can imagine then uh, the natal chart as our energetic wiring, our our uh, energetic expression, those are sensitive points that at different periods in our life are triggered by something called transits. And that's where the planets are moving at any given time. And so often, uh, one of the questions that comes up for astrologers is what is predictive in astrology and what is not. And so an astrologer, based on transits, which are the current or future or past cycles of a planet, um, based on transits, an astrologer can predict till the day you die the type of cycle occurring, the area of your life it's occurring in, and, you know, the types of experiences around it. But what an astrologer should never predict is that there's only going to be one outcome. Because the more conscious we become, so, for example, you know, when I talked about states of consciousness, if I'm just going through my life in a very instinctive way and I don't question and, you know, I'm you know, I'm following all the things I inherited, I don't question certain norms or, you know, whatever it might be, then for most part, I'm going to be a little bit more predictable. 
on how I deal with certain types of cycles. But if I'm somebody who questions more and has been breaking pattern, I'm still going to respond to those cycles, but I can respond to them in a more creative way. And so whether it be a cycle that is saying, okay, here you need to contract a little bit and rethink some things and look at the grounding for certain things, um, then I can do that in a mindful way and I don't have to wait until there is a major external event to force me to contract. So, for example, in the case of a business, um, you know, if you're saying to someone, pay attention in this way, or in the case of health, if we've been overextended and then we have a particular cycle that's saying, okay, move it back a little bit. You need to check and make sure that you're not out there, but your body doing all this, but your body can't manage it, or you're not out there expanding your business, but you don't have good foundations. So those types of contraction cycles, which people really do notice, people are not typically coming to an astrologer when things are moving smoothly. They're coming to an astrologer because there's tension. And this tension, they're trying to find out what is this, the purpose of this tension and how long is it going to last? So an astrologer has a really good opportunity um, to be able to say, okay, here's what's trying to, here is what instinctively you're trying to do can you make it more conscious just like we understand when there's a period a cycle indicating it's a time for an expansion or it's time for transformation and so often people will look at that and think oh everything in my life is intense or seems to be dying off and yet it's sometimes it's just a matter of going deeper within ourselves and looking at where we are in relationship to ourselves and the things we've created in our outer world so those transits are very predictable and this is where astronomy and astrology is similar the astrologer can look and look at all the transits coming or the ones talk to you about past ones if you have an interest in that but about the ones coming and how to work with them in the most creative mindful way possible so you can get the most out of them and so I just very briefly want to talk about or mention some questions that people have sent me. And one of the things is, what do you need in order to um, erect a natal chart? And so an astrologer needs your proper birth time, your month, day, year of birth, and also your time, the city, location, and your time of day as close as possible. And you know, sometimes people say they don't know their time of day, but with a little bit of digging, they can often get it close. Um, often baby people have baby books or it's in birth records or a mother or father can narrow it down to a couple of hours. In a situation where you absolutely cannot find it and you are checking, um, you know, you've checked the records and you can't get it from the hospital you were born, then there is something called rectification that an astrologer can do and they are rectifying your time to determine the proper time. So if you're going to um, pay someone money to, to, to do a rectification, you want to make sure you've got an experienced astrologer because rectification is not for people just beginning to study astrology. It takes a lot of a focus and understanding of particular cycles in that. And the other question um, that often comes up is one around 
the infamous Mercury retrograde. And I don't have much time, but I'll briefly say that uh, from the perspective of Earth, it appears that every once in a while, all the planets, and we're not talking sun or moon because they're not planets, uh, begin to change their position and and go in a, um, seem to be going backward. And do they impact us? Yes, but not in a everything is out of our control. The one most noted is the Mercury retrograde. And so what we want to do is take the time to rethink things, reevaluate things, relook at things without getting crazy and thinking my world's going to collapse because of a Mercury retrograde because that's not true. And so we've just done a very fast overview of um, astrology big topic, hopefully enough to intrigue you if you've been, you know, thinking, ah, oh, what's astrology about? Maybe reading a good book. There's many out there. There's many good courses out there. And becoming a little bit more informed. If this is a conver- if this is a conversation you typically get into in, uh, you know, on social media, become a little bit more informed about it. And so next week, Uh, We are going to have Lisa Fontanella on. And Lisa Fontanella is somebody who has specialized in Reiki. She also does jewelry design with gemstones and rocks and has recently put out a children's book called Crystal Quest. And it's teaching children in an adventurous way about the world of gemstones. And so I look forward to speaking with Lisa next week. So until then... Bring your attention a little bit to these wonderful cycles that are affecting us, to the idea that we're, there, there is a connection between us and what goes on in the world, what goes on in, in our solar system. You know, it's easy to lose sense of that because we think about not being connected to it, but Earth is up there amongst the other planets you know, circling the sun. And we're affected by, you know, the motion and the movement and the position and the relationship. And we, the easiest way to do that is to pay attention to the cycles of the moon and notice how different ones at different points in the year affect you. And when we're talking about the cycles of the moon, we're talking about the relationship of the sun the moon, and the earth. So everything is in relationship, and astrology naturally is teaching us that month in and month out. So I hope you have a brilliant week, and I will talk to you again next week with our guest, Lisa Fontanella. Enjoy your week. Thank you for listening this week. Please join your host, Catherine Potter, for another edition of You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind, next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.